Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Today, we are starting a series of messages on marriage and family. But today's message is Satan proofing your home, your marriage, and your family. Now, you may not realize it, but there is an attack on marriages. There's an attack on families. I really believe the reason for that is because marriage is a spiritual reality. It's a spiritual thing. In fact, in Malachi 2.15, it says that having or taking a remnant of the spirit, what God does is says that he makes the two one by a remnant of the spirit. In other words, when a couple gets married, God is there and the Holy Spirit shows up. It's a spiritual thing. And God makes the two one. In fact, Jesus said they're no longer two, but they are. They're one. It's a spiritual thing. The devil cannot do anything to hurt God. So what he does is he tries to hurt what God loves, tries to hurt what God honors. The Bible actually says give no place to the devil, and it means don't give him a place in your life. And we're going to talk about how to not do that. But there is one place that you need to give to the devil, and you need to give him a place in your theology. Because this is what most of us do. Most of us live as if the devil did not exist. We, we live as if kind of the world's idea that maybe the devil is like the corporate sum of all evil in the universe. But the Bible tells us he is a malevolent, evil, wicked, spiritual being that is the enemy of your soul. In fact, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, notice he has to seek. He can't devour just anybody. There's got to be an inroad. There needs to be an opportunity and in 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says, least Satan should take advantage of us because we are not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of what he tries to do. The first thing when it comes to walking in God's blessing, being a part of the kingdom of God, is this. We need to know what God's will is for our life, and we need to be seeking God properly. And by the way, the only way to seek him is first. But seek first the kingdom of God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. In Deuteronomy 6, God's talking about this. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then it says, And you shall teach them diligently to your children. But notice, first of all, it's got to be inside you. It's got to be in your heart because the truth is you can tell your children what you know, but you always reproduce what you are. Say that again. You, you can tell somebody what you know, but you reproduce what you are. That's why this is true. Well, think about this. If you have a doctor or a lawyer and uh, they run off with somebody that works with them, they divorce their spouse and marry somebody else, they'll probably still be your lawyer. They'll probably still be your dentist or your doctor, or your banker. But how many of you know that's not true with your pastor? 
Now, now here's what Paul said. Now, listen, he, he said, we preach to you not only the gospel, but also our own souls. What Paul was saying was this. He said, I'm telling you what I know. He said, but there's part of me that's in the message. He says, and I reproduce in you what I am. He says, we also share with you our own souls. See, that, that's why there's something different. There's something different there. And it's true when it comes to your family. You can tell your kids what you know, but you reproduce what you are. That's why God said it's got to be in your heart. Because what's in your heart is going to be reproduced. So Jesus said there's things that, that come along and try to take us off the path. We're not ignorant of his devices. In Mark 4, he says the cares of this world. Now, how many of you know you've got some, you've got some bills to pay? How many of you know there's people you've got relationship with and you take care of those relationships? Those cares are not wrong. But when we focus on that over the kingdom of God, it's going to be trouble. The deceitfulness of riches. How many of you are glad that somebody or some way there's some money coming to your house every 15 days or every week? But when we make the pursuit of money the number one pursuit of our life, Jesus goes on and says it will choke the word of God and the word of God will become unfruitful. People say the, God, the word of God is more powerful than anything. And in some ways that's true. That's true. But the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things, Jesus said could choke God's word in your life and it become unfruitful. And of course, the desire, he said, for other things. In other words, anything that becomes more important to us than our relationship with God, seeking first the kingdom, will choke the kingdom of God. It'll choke the word of God in our life. The kingdom of God only works one way when we seek first the kingdom. That's the only way it works. He says the desire for other things. What other things? Well, it could be family. It could be a career. It could be friends, a house, a car, sports, hobbies, entertainment, pleasure, food, sex, antiques, social media, shopping, anything. I've had people come up and say, man, how do you know all those verses? And I look at you and think, how do you know all those sports things? I mean, you know who the quarterback is, you know their batting average, you know everything that's happened to everybody, right? but you don't know 10 verses. How many know there's a priority there? It's a, it's a matter of priority. We've got to seek first the kingdom of God. Now, none of the things that are mentioned are bad, but they will choke the word of God if they become number one in your life. If that becomes your pursuit. So Romans 12 in verse one says, don't be like the people of this world or don't be conformed to this world, but let God change the way that you think. Change the way. We're not supposed to think and value like the world does. Well, one of the ways that happens, that's happening in church. But that happens when we get in the word of God. Literally, God gave us a Bible to change the way that we think. So let me talk to you a little bit about Satan proofing your home. Now, the first thing that has to happen is this. We need to understand the authority that we have. Because here's what so many of us do. We're saying, God, the devil's after me, get him. God, kick out the devil. Now listen, God has done all he is going to do about the devil 
until Jesus comes back. He defeated him at Calvary. And then he said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. You go. He gave us that authority. And so often we're sitting back waiting for God to do something or simply acting as if the devil did not even exist. Again, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him, steadfast in the faith. Again, in James, it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. The last time the devil fled from you is the last time you resisted him. And if you live your life as if he does not exist, if you cannot remember the last time that you resisted the devil, he's not fleeing. Now, how do we resist? Well, first of all, it says submit to God and resist the devil. We submit to his word. But Jesus gave us a great example in Matthew chapter 4. Satan comes and tempts, and Jesus said, it's written. Satan comes again and says something. Jesus said, it's written. He comes again, and he says, it is written. The Bible actually is referred to as the sword of the Spirit. But it's not the whole Bible that's the sword of the Spirit. It's the word that you have down in your heart that is the sword of the Spirit. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents, and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Now, here's what so often we're doing. We're looking to somebody else. I need Joyce Myers. I need Perry Stone. I need somebody to pray for me. I need somebody. I'm going to send in my prayer request and nothing wrong with the prayer request. But when we're doing nothing and we're just sitting back, we aren't using the authority that we're given. And for the most part, we do not think of ourselves the way we're supposed to think of ourselves. Now, Jesus said this. And how many of you know, how many will believe it because Jesus said it? Good, at least half of you. All right. Jesus said, the works that I do, will you do also, and even greater works, because I go to my Father. Now, by the way, I'm not even concerned about the greater works. Let's just work on Jesus' works, right? I mean, let's just get there. All right. So, so we're thinking about uh, the woman with the issue of blood, Mark chapter 5. She hears about Jesus, and she says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment... I'll be made well. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. She comes up, she touches the hem of his garment, and she's made well. Now, we think about that. That's me. I'm like the woman with the issue of blood. You're thinking wrong. You need to think of yourself as Jesus. Hello? You are a Christian. You are a little Christ. You are his representative, his ambassador in the earth. And he said, the things that I do, will you do also? We, we don't think of ourselves. He said, I've given you that authority in the earth. But we're thinking of ourselves as, as, as just someone who's going to be receiving. But he says, no, I've given you that authority. Mark 16, he says, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. The list begins with they'll cast out demons, ends with they'll lay hands on the sick. So, so we need to understand that we have authority 
And we have to use the authority that we're given. In Colossians 1.13, it says, who has delivered us from the power or the domain of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Uh, how many of you have ever seen a Star Trek movie? And when they beam me up, Scotty, they, they, they literally, they just like transport them from one place to another. That is, that is a picture really of what God has done with you. He has translated you out of the kingdom, the domain from under the power of darkness and put you into the kingdom of the son of his love. That kingdom is the place where there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Another translation said he rescued us out of darkness and the gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. So what's in that kingdom? Well, Jesus said it, John 10, 10, the devil comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. And the things in this life that kill, steal, and destroy, those are the things that we have been delivered out from under. But we just sit back so often and just accept them. And we're not resisting. And we're not living the life that Jesus came, the abundant life that Jesus came for us to live. Weiss translation said, who delivered us out of the tyrannical rule of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. A really good picture of the kingdom of God. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And he taught us to pray and say, your kingdom come, now listen, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what the kingdom of God looks like? When God's will is done on earth like it is in heaven. And when it's not in heaven, it's because it's not will, God's will on earth either. Uh, Jesus actually referred to Satan as the prince of this world. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, he's referred to as the God of a small, with a small g of this world system. So much of what's going on is part of that tyrannical rule of darkness. And we've been translated out of that. And we need to use that dominion and we need to say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Right now, my life, my family, my house, just like it is in heaven. We're not ignorant of his devices. Proverbs 4, verse 23. That was the introduction. Right. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else because your heart determines the course of your life. I want to talk to you about what gets in your heart. Right? You know, there's an eye gate. There's an ear gate. What are you watching online? Social media, magazines, books. What are you watching? What's getting into your heart? In Psalms 101, the second verse is this, I will try to walk a blameless path, but how I need your help. How many of you will say this? I need God's help, especially in my own home where I long to act as I should, right? especially in your home. Verse three, I will set nothing wicked 
before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. You can put something in front of your eyes, and the Bible says it'll cling to you. It'll cling to you. In uh, Hosea 4, in verse 11, it talks about how it can enslave your heart. It can enslave you. Notice it says, I hate the work of those who fall away. You see, Satan's plan is to pollute you. His plan is to enslave your heart. His plan is to get things in your, in your mind, take you down a path that doesn't go. Uh, I recently read a statistic that, that literally uh, blew me away. So much uh, pornography today online. It mentioned that half of men, and the, the, the part that blew me away was a third of women, are regularly viewing pornography. Now, listen, it does not satisfy anything. It only increases a desire for more, and it increases life. In fact, Ezekiel 23 says this, but she increased her harlotry. She looked at men portrayed on the wall, images of Chaldeans portrayed in Vermillion. As soon as her eyes saw them, she lusted after them. It increases a lust. It enslaves. It never brings, it never brings contentment. It creates unrealistic expectations. Solomon got married a thousand times. He was a mess. I'm just going to tell you, he was an absolute mess. In fact, the Bible actually says that his foreign wives turned his heart away from the Lord. And during that time that he's away from God, he he writes something, and I'm going to read it, and then I want to explain it, okay? Now, he's looking for wisdom. He says, but so far I have not been able to. I do know there is one good man in a thousand, but I never found a good woman. Listen, he's married a thousand times. He doesn't even know all their names. Listen, listen. He never sits down and has a conversation to know her heart. He never shares his heart. To him, it was nothing but sex. And sex does not satisfy. And sex alone does not bring you together. There there is so much more to marriage than than just the sexual union. Yeah, it's important, but but it is such a small part. And because that's all that he had, he never appreciated anything that he had because it was just sex. And by the way, Solomon had a thousand wives. Nowadays, there's people with everything that's online. You've got 10,000 mistresses. It's just a mess, and it just messes us up. That That does not... That does not satisfy. So he says, we, we, we need to be careful what we set before our eyes. Don't let it cling to you. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it flow the issues of your life. For it will determine the course of your life. Now, I want to take a few minutes and talk about something else that is very... I don't think I've talked on this in 10 years. So I want to talk about demonic association and symbols for just a few minutes. It's in 1 Timothy 4 and 1. that It says the Spirit expressly says in the last time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. It's talking about something that's going to be prevalent in the last days. 
In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 20, I want you to listen to this. The things the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not God. And I don't want you to have fellowship or be joined to demons. If you've traveled, traveled uh, internationally outside of Europe and in the United States, you've, you've probably seen idols. Jeannie and I, when we lived in Mexico in an Indian village, about 40 miles away, 45, was uh, a town called Tula. You, you, you'd drive along the road and, and they'd just have all these old shrines and these, these, these ugly, ugly idols. And by the way, I've never seen a good-looking idol. They're all ugly because the devil paints an ugly picture of God. But the Bible says when they sacrifice to them, when they pray to them, he says they're sacrificing and praying to demons. See, what got Satan in trouble in the beginning was he wanted to be worshipped. He hasn't changed. See, and, and it, when there's an image, he will get behind that image and receive that worship. And, and you, some people think, well, you know, why do people pray to them forever and ever and do all these things and nothing happens? Listen, something happens. Supernatural things happen. Prayers get answered, but it's not God. The Bible says it's evil spirits. It's demon spirits. Psalms 106. They even sacrifice their sons and their daughters to demons shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and then daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Now they're sacrificing to demons and they're sacrificing to idols. They're, 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 when, when, when we get involved in idolatry, it opens the door for the devil to come in. And that's a door that needs to be closed just as, as surely as we voluntarily opened it, we close it in Jesus' name. But there's all sorts of other activities, whether it's horoscopes or tarot cards or fortune-telling, Ouija board, psychic reading. Now, Isaiah 8 and verse 18. Now, this is, begins with actually a prophetic statement about Jesus. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. I is Jesus, the children is us. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Zion. Jesus said that you and I were to be for signs and wonders. We're for healings and deliverances and miracles. We want to see the supernatural. We believe in it. But when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards, who whisper and mutter, should a people seek should not as people seek their God, should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? The answer is no. To the law and the testimony, if they don't speak according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. Don't seek the dead on behalf of the living. In other words, you cannot communicate with someone who has died. In fact, the Bible says whenever this happens, the Bible calls it a familiar spirit. It is a demon spirit imposter. And it's called a familiar spirit because it will be familiar with facts about the person you're trying to communicate with that's dead. But you're not communicating with them. You're communicating with an evil spirit imposter. The Bible says this about King Saul in Chronicles. It says that he died for his rebellion against the Lord and because he consulted a medium, one who had a familiar spirit to inquire of it. He inquired of it, a demon, 
That wasn't Samuel. That was a demon. So the Bible says, don't do that. In fact, Deuteronomy 18, when you come into the land the Lord gives you, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, practices witchcraft, a soothsayer, one who interprets ohms, a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. Now notice it says that it's an abomination. Why? Because it's done through demonic power. It's connecting with evil spirits. Now notice it says your, your son or the daughter to pass through the fire as a sacrifice. Divination is mentioned. It's fortune telling. An observer of times following horoscopes. The only star that has anything to do with you, your future is the bright and morning star, and his name is Jesus. The, an enchanter, one who enslaves by music. A witch, one who controls through spells. Right? A charmer, one who uses good luck charms and crystals. Familiar spirits. A channeler, a nucamancer, one who communicates with the dead. A number of years ago, in fact, we were still over on 44th Street in the building. During one of the services, in fact, I was on the platform during the, the, the worship portion, and I noticed over to my right, I don't know, seven, maybe eight rolls back, there's this guy just kind of going like this, you know. And he's talking, and, and I just, well, who knows what's going on. You know, sometimes at church, granolas show up, fruit, nuts, flakes. You know, it happens. It's not as though who knows what. It had just been a few weeks before I had talked to a lady and I said, what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm weaving a glory cloud. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I just kind of let it go. But I get up to, you know, I get up to preach and he's still talking and he's making all these gestures and he's talking loud. In fact, it gets to the point where I need to talk really loud and I need to talk really fast because if I'm silent for just any amount of time, everybody's looking at him and I don't want them looking at him. I want them to be listening to what I'm saying. In fact, even when it comes to the altar call, I got to go really fast and talk about you need to repent, you need to receive Jesus. I'm going to have you lift your hand. We're going to pray together. You know, during the whole time I'm talking, why doesn't somebody go over there and talk to that guy? Why doesn't somebody stop that guy? Why doesn't somebody haul that guy out? Why doesn't somebody do something? But I got to talk really fast because this guy's talking the whole time. The service is going on and everybody's looking at him. If I'm not talking really fast, I'm really loud. <laughs> well, the service gets done. And then we find out, okay, this guy is a Satanist, and he's trying to cast a spell. You say, well, you can serve. Not at all. Not at all. Numbers 23 says, for there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor divination against Israel. You're a born-again believer. You're walking with God. You're under the blood. Man, they try to whack something on you, hits you, bounces back, and hits them. There's nothing going to get you. All right? But I'm thinking, why didn't somebody do something so crazy? So service is over. A bunch of ushers come over and says, did you notice that guy? I'm serious. You know, and I'm like, notice that guy. And they said, we almost went over there and did something. I says, almost. Next time, do something. Please. And, and literally, afterwards, some deacons come up. And after the deacons, the elders come up. Everybody's saying the same thing. Did you notice? I'm like, yes. When in doubt, take him out. <laughs> Yeah. Not that we were concerned about a curse, but it was just an interruption in the service. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. I'm going to pray with you in a moment. Acts 16. This is the 16th verse. Now it happened as we went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed by a spirit of divination met us. 
who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Now, my King James Bible says divination. The Greek is actually a python spirit, a python spirit. How many know that what a python does? It wraps itself around its prey and tries to squeeze the life out of its prey. And, and literally, that's what the devil wants to do. See, now here's what happens. Somebody goes and visits this girl. See, and they tell, she tells the fortune. She'll give you some sort of something. The devil really doesn't know what's going to happen. He knows what he thinks might happen, but he doesn't know. But what happens, you don't go home alone. See, there will be an evil spirit that will attach itself to you because you went and inquired. You opened yourself up. So she followed us, and she's crying out, these men are servants of the most high God. They proclaim to you the way of salvation. She did this many days. Paul, annoyed, turned around and said to the spirit, not to the girl, to the spirit. He said, I command you, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. And when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Now, the same thing that Paul did is what you and I need to do. We have authority. We have Jesus' name. And just like Paul had authority in Jesus' name, you have authority to bind the devil, to cast him out, to break his power, to command him to go. You have that authority. You can open yourself up and give the devil an inroad, a Ouija board, fortune telling, horoscopes, things like that. They can open the door for the enemy to come in. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head just a moment. And if there's something that you, you've gone to fortune tellers, palm readers, something, you know, just repent right now. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we come in the spirit and we take authority over any demonic spirit, oppression, curse that has come on any of these people. And in the name of Jesus, we break your power and we command you, loose them in Jesus' name. Loose them in Jesus' name. Now, look back up here. Let me just take about three more minutes here. Deuteronomy 7, verse 25. He says, you shall burn the carved images of their gods with fire. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that's on them, nor take it for yourself, lest it be a snare for you. For it's an abomination to the Lord your God. Nor shall you bring an abomination, something somebody else used in worship, false worship, into your house, lest you be doomed to destruction like it. But you shall utterly destroy it. You shall utterly abhor it, for it's an accursed thing. You know, in Acts 19, they're preaching the gospel. And the people bring their, their paraphernalia and their books, and they burn them. And the Bible says it's, the value was 50,000 pieces of silver. It's literally millions, millions of dollars. But you know what they did? They burned it. They destroyed it. You know, and there's things that just need to be destroyed. If you have it in your house, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Let me close with a, with a story. Um, some of you have probably heard of Howard Carter. He started the first Pentecostal Bible college uh, in Europe. Started it in England. He was the general superintendent for the Assemblies of God. 
He said that they had a missionary come from India and he spoke at the school and he left a brass cobra as a gift to Howard Carter. He took it and put it in the classroom. He said instantly 50% of his students were falling asleep in every lecture. And he just, he just couldn't figure it out. Dynamic speaker. And he went to prayer and he said, God, I just don't understand it. And the Lord showed him that serpent. And, and uh, he said, Lord, what do I do? And, and then the Lord said, uh, take it, go up behind the school, dig a deep hole and bury it. He didn't tell anybody, he just did it. He said, never had a single student fall asleep again. The, 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 the Bible says that, that there, there is a demonic presence that can be on certain items that are used in worship, that had been used in worship. You know? and, and I just want to encourage you, if you've got something in your house that you shouldn't have in your house, get it out of your house. Right? We want to Satan-proof our house, our home, our family, our marriage. Right? And I know you might think, some of you might think that's not real. It's real. It is real. It is real. You don't need to, you, you, you can be 100% free. Right? And remember, you have been given authority. And it's authority that you have to use. So would you bow your heads for just a moment? Thank you for watching and being a part of our online family. Subscribe to our channel for access to all of our videos and live services. You can also be notified when a new service becomes available if you ring the notification bell. We cannot do this without you. You can support this ministry and help us reach more people with the word by giving at reslife.org give. Thanks again for watching. Be blessed.